Hi, Lumineers. Welcome to the Lighter Side Show, podcast style. I'm your host, Jamie Butler, the everyday medium, and I am with the lovely Colleen Ziegler. Hey, everyone. Yay. And we got together and decided we're going to discuss... Spiritual kids. Stubborn spiritual kids. Yes, the stubborn (laughs) spiritual kids. I've heard a lot about this. Yeah, I experience it every day of my life. <laughs> We're going to talk I about it. Too. I think we both experience it on a daily basis. Oh, yes. Yeah. I had a big one two days ago, yeah. and I'll share the story. But I want to list some of the things that I've heard parents, moms and dads and grandparents and family members talk about these highly intuitive children, how they won't agree. They won't listen. They go against the rules. <laughs> We're totally going to talk about the rules. They're challenging. They resist everything. They totally march to their own beat. And we're going to talk about some remedies, kind of how to hold conversation and hold space around it. (laughs) So first of all, what's stubborn? (laughs) How does that even show up? It means you already have to have something in your head, right? The way it's going to go, the way you see it happening, the way you planned it, orchestrated it. And then beautiful, intuitive child comes in the mix and sees how it can all work a different way. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I kind of think of of stubborn and resistance the same the same resistance. thing. Resistance, yes. But as I was saying before we got started on this podcast, and I was reading all of Jamie's little notes she has up on this <laughs> whiteboard, I was thinking, you know, all we are going to end up talking about is how to help our own stubbornness. Because a lot of times I feel like when my child is being stubborn or resisting me, it really reflects back on me and me being the same way. It's like, let's meet in the middle. Let's meet in the middle. Um, But as you know, and as I know, they sometimes don't even want to meet in the middle. Oh, yeah. It's not even about meeting in the middle. It's about... You've got to come the whole way. Yeah. (laughs) Or or why do I have to go all your way? Yes. And the middle is your way. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Right? Yes. (laughs) Have you been to my house? How do you know this? I'm just... We have children this kind of around the same age. Yes. So my daughter is 11. And my daughter's 10. Yes. And your son is? 13. 13. Yeah. Wow. I know a teenager. I don't know. <laughs> and then I also have a daughter who's 22, but I don't feel like we're talking about her right now. No. <laughs> I may bring in some, some points Early. of when she was younger, yeah. but it's a whole different thing. I think this stubbornness and this resistance... Um, you know, is something that we're experiencing with our age group right now, but I know what happens before that. Believe me, it's just what is going on, what's alive for me and Jamie right now yep. is that tween, that tween years. Exactly. I was going to say, let's talk about it in an age grouping first. Sure. So we've got these toddlers that are just learning language and they're highly sensitive beings, mm-hmm. empathic, they see energy. By this time, we're already trained as parents or care providers to meet their needs. So it's great communication. It's going really well. Then we get into early age elementary. You know, they're starting to develop their personality. So around age six in general is where they really can identify exactly what's going on with them and how they want to do it. And they can communicate how they see it and how they want to receive it. And it's not necessarily how the authority figures and care providers around them are doing it. (laughs) So now we get conflict. When they're highly spiritual beings and we have conflict, we often, as the care provider, say they're being stubborn or they're ungrateful. 
<laughs> That's what Rui's mom says all the time. Ungrateful? Ungrateful son. <laughs> She'll walk out of the room. It's so funny. She does it half jokingly, but at the same yeah. time, you can see where she provided all this attention and care to whatever the meal was or whatever. Sure, sure. And then... Is she calling, is she calling him yeah. ungrateful or your yeah. children? Him, really. <laughs> my husband. And then my husband comes in and he's like, oh, I want to cook hamburgers instead. And she's like, ingrato, ungrateful son. After she's you know? cooked a whole meal, he'll well, do Well, some of it, you know, then he sees what he wants oh, so and he become just the Rui podcast. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Tell me more about Rui and oh his mother. Oh, my God. They are so adorable together. But you can That's still sweet. see where... You know, the the child comes in and just sure. knows what they want. They put themselves first, which is everything that we talk about. Put self first. Yes. But I guess it comes with parameters, right? Because we say if you're putting yourself first, you still need to care for what other people are thinking and needing too. Yes. Really? Is it true? How's uh, it go? You know, we have a lot of conversations. I have a lot of conversations with my daughter about you know, what other people think about you is their business. <laughs> is their business. Or their deal. You know what I mean? Like it's not something to spend a lot of time thinking about. If you're acting in a manner that you feel is, I'm at a loss for words, that you're comfortable with, no regrets about, you know, all, all of that. If you're speaking your own truth and you're being kind and, you know, um, all that you can't control what other people think, huge. think about you or feel about you or react to you. And we have this conversation, me and her a lot, because uh-huh. I will state my feelings about something in a very direct way. I can be a little blunt sometimes, a little blunter than some of my sensitive family members like, but that's me. And she'll be like, why are you so angry? Why do you keep hurting me? And I'm doing nothing of, so I use that as a teaching example of the way that I'm being right now in the way that you're reacting is up to you how how you're reacting. Because I know what being mean is and I know what being, you know, yelling is and, and all of that. And I'm not doing any of those things. I might be saying some words she doesn't like or something that she doesn't want to hear, but how she is reacting to me is up to her, not up to me. Teaching those highly intuitive kids that you're responsible for your own reaction. Exactly. So we have a lot of those moments. Ditto. (laughs) Big time at our house. But I wanted to throw down, when we talk about the highly intuitive kid, they are wired more towards energetic balance, Mm -hmm. and they're wired more towards putting themselves first. And it's not a selfish thing. And I think as a, a care provider, we get lost in that and seeing how they're reacting. We're like, ah, oh, they're spoiled. Sure, oh, sure. They're just... Because, you know, really, I know in my house, especially being the oldest of six children and maybe just in the 70s and 80s, <laughs> like, I wasn't getting my way ever. ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay, you know, maybe sometimes, and maybe my brothers would say, because I have all brothers, you know, because you're the only girl, I always have my own bedroom. So, so stuff like that. But as far as right now, what I'm giving (laughs) to my child, it wasn't like that, but I'm, I'm willing to let that go. It doesn't have to be the way that it was with me at all, but we have these ingrained beliefs 
Yes. And our parents have ingrained beliefs in them and our grandparents have ingrained beliefs in them and they, they pass down. So sometimes we really, as parents, have to step back and go, whoo, you're right. That's not the right way to do that. Or that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. You're right. right. Like, you know, but because that is what was ingrained in us, we feel like that's, you know, what we need to enforce. Like, you know, I've never been a big believer ever in this respect your elder stuff. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think that children are equal to adults and that we put children in very uncomfortable situations when we teach that adults are authority figures over them. So that that's something that I've never prescribed to, subscribed to, prescribed to. I don't know. All of it. I'm just smiling so big. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's so incredible so, to hear you say particularly that. Particularly living in the South, we have a lot of yes, ma'am, you know, yeah. no, sir stuff. Nope, don't do it. <laughs> so, you know, I know that that's more than just our household, but it goes against the grain a little bit. Yeah. But I think that we really have to honor our children and the children in all of us to know that. And that doesn't mean be rude to people by any means. It means respect everybody. Yes. It means respect people's, you know, being. And But if if someone doesn't vibe with you, you sure don't have to see them as an authority figure. Yeah, and you don't have to tough it out and, no. and be with them and, and listen no, no. through it and then Absolutely. behave to meet their needs. It's You yes. have the right to say, no, thank you. Yep. <laughs> and Absolutely. these are some of the stubborn, these are some of the actions we see as being stubborn because the kids are so natural at it. Sure. They're like, Absolutely, I'm not going to do that. No, thanks. Yep. And they just won't agree with you, no matter how much you debate it. Oh, uh-uh. yeah. Yeah, Yeah, trying to have a conversation with my 11-year-old about, you know, maybe wearing something that might be a little bit more appropriate for a situation (laughs) is like talking to, I don't know, it's like talking to the neighbor's cat and trying to get the neighbor's cat (laughs) to do circus tricks. It's like, (laughs) it doesn't work. It doesn't work. She does not get it. She doesn't get it. And it's not like her just being like, I'm too cool to do that. She doesn't get the conversation. Yeah. I can't get (laughs) Malou to dress appropriately for weather. Yes. Oh, forget it. Absolutely. Absolutely. She came back to me and she goes, mom, I'd like to talk about this because you're really upset. I said, Good observation, kid. I am really upset. It's freezing outside. It's below freezing. You want to slap on some Uggs. Okay, that's fine. Good winter shoes. A tiny shorts and a tank top. No winter coat, no gloves, no hat, nothing. She goes, Mom, my temperature is just warmer than yours, and I don't get cold. And I was like, oh, my God. I can't settle with that. So... I want to know, Jamie, and be honest with yeah. me, because I I have this particular challenge as well. You know, Lily doesn't like to wear shoes a lot. You know, the, a lot of times won't put on a coat. You know, we had a very cold winter, by the way. So we did. This, this would come up. I had to go deep. <laughs> I had to go deep because I realized... <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm I can serious. Tell you're serious. I had to so go. Awesome. I had to go deep because a lot of times I'm like, you know, I got kind of hot as a kid too, and I would. I grew up in Minnesota, so I would take my coat off while I was outside ice skating and that kind of thing. I had to go deep and think about 
am I concerned what other people think about not only my child, but my parenting? Of why my child does not, is barefoot when it's 40 degrees outside or um, doesn't have a hat on when it's 12 <laughs> degrees outside. <laughs> 12 degrees. <laughs> you know, and I, and I actually found myself sharing this with my daughter. You know, I'm actually worried about what other people are going to think. And I very rarely care about what other people think. But I started feeling like other parents were going to start judging me because I'm the one with the kid who's barefoot with no clothes on. <laughs> I kept telling her, it's my job to keep you alive. Yeah. <laughs> That's my job to keep you alive. Or and not sick. Or not sick. Yes. Or, yeah. This is the temperature range. This is what it does to the body. Like we got into the science of it. And she was like, seriously, mom, I'm going to go outside right now. And I'm going to jump on the trampoline in a tank top and shorts. <laughs> at 36 degrees. And when I come back, I want you to feel my skin. (laughs) I was like, are you going to feel your skin? She's like, yeah, I want to prove to you. Jumping on the trampoline, you're like turning yourself into a heater. Right. Well, yes. So my, she did that. She came in, she was like, feel, I was like, but you were just doing activity. You know, when you are sitting still in the bus, when you're walking outside, when you're outside in it and you're not doing much, your temperature drops. Yeah. She says, I promise it doesn't. And I said, we went and we stared. I took her outside and we stared at all the other kids. And I go, tell me what they're wearing. She was like, hat, jacket, (laughs) gloves, scarf, you know, boots, leg warmers. (laughs) And I was like, now tell me what you're wearing. She's like, tank top, shorts. I was like, does that add up for you? She was like, again, I don't get cold. I was like, oh, my God, won't agree, won't listen, won't go get go against the rules. You know, she's challenging yeah. everything. So we had to sit down and make a conversation about it. Like, when the temperature is between 30 and 40 degrees. That's exactly what we did. These are the clothing. These yep. are the bits you're yep. supposed to put on. When it's 40 to 50, these are the bits yep. you're supposed to put on. We did the same thing. <laughs> yep. And I was like, so we had to make a chart. And it, and it works because then they can just go on and see what the weather is and then not yes! not argue about, or, you know, push it a little bit, but know that that's what is Yeah. Now is the conversation happening. is, mom, where's your phone? And it's 40 degrees right now at 8 a.m., but at noon, mom, it's going to be 60. So yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and wear my tank top and shorts. <laughs> But at least we have a healthy conversation about it. Yes. Oh my gosh, I can so relate to this. To this for sure. Okay. Well, Malou now is getting into. She's always been able to see energy. It's mm-hmm. not all the time like myself, but it, it pops on and off for her. And she met a friend who can do the same thing. Like-minded child, nice. her age can talk spirit. Can, sure. Sure. You know all of this. She goes, "All right, mom, I'm I'm ready. I want to learn more." I was like, oh, my God, my heart is opening. Yeah. My world's expanding. Uh, absolutely. I think the first step, babe, is meditation. She goes, well, I heard everybody has a guide that's with them all the time. You know, that that would be like someone in spirit with you. And I want to know who mine is. Why don't you just tell me? And I go, nope. <laughs> I, it's better for you to build the relationship and get to know them mm-hmm. personally than cutting through to your mom. So let's meditate. She goes, all right. We're going to do it tonight, 5 o'clock. I was like, fine, let's do it. So we get home. 
she lays down, we get ready, and I do the meditation that Maitland taught me. Mm-hmm. You know, we created a bridge, we went across the bridge, we had a waiting room, we did all that. We didn't speak to them. I said, just look at them, we're just going to get used to the space, and we're going to come back across the bridge. And we got back, she folded her arms in front of me, she looks at me and she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> didn't speak to me. Didn't speak to me all through dinner. Didn't speak to me after dinner. This is after the meditation was yeah. done. Yeah. It was over. It was over between did, her and I. Did she seem like she was into the meditation when she was in it? Like she seemed like she was yeah. in it. Okay. Yeah. Energetically, she got real calm. Her energy got real low against her. So I could tell she was pulling in deep and going into other layers. Mm-hmm. So that I felt was really successful. And then when I tucked her in, I said, do you think you're going to talk to me about what just happened? She was, no. I was like, do you, do you have any words about it? Just anything? No. I go, oh, so you were happy about it. I figured I'd push buttons yeah. this way. No. Well, were you feeling frustrated? She goes, yes. I was like, okay. Since she finally confessed, she had an expectation of what the spirit would look like or show up mm. or how easy it would be. Mm-hmm. And she was so pissed that she could get across the bridge but then, like, everything else went blank. And I said, well, this is a skill you develop. This is like I put you on a bike for the first time. Yep. Did you just take off and go up and down a hill and mm-hmm. just love it? No. You fell over. The first <laughs> thing she did was fall over. Sure. Like, she goes, well, so maybe I need to practice. I said, yeah, we can practice every day. Just give it a little more room. Mm-hmm. She was so angry she didn't get an immediate reaction. I said, this is a muscle we're going to build. It's a skill you're going to get yeah. to know, and Patience. it's going to be more useful. <laughs> Patience. Yeah. And so I don't know if she still agrees with me or not. But Have you done it again since? No, that was yeah. last night. That was two nights ago. Yeah. We didn't do it last night, um, but we are tonight. We're going to get back into it and see if she can connect. But she's very excited about getting into the energy. She just has her own conception of what it is. Sure. And that was hard, I think, for her as an energetic kid Mm -hmm. to realize, mostly in the past, what she thought was pretty spot on. Now she's in like a big league game, Mm. and it's not as easy. Yeah. And I don't want her to give up on it. So we have to have a lot of talks around it. <laughs> My little stubborn angel. <laughs> God. Well, she'll learn the patience in, in the meantime, too. And that will be, you know, it's a good lesson all around, for sure. Do you ever have it where they stop listening? Oh, they absolutely. They just quit listening? They're done? Yeah. Yep. I mean, I think they came here, you know, wired differently with a whole different... You know, that's why a lot of the just everyday stuff doesn't make sense to them and they can't, they can't go along with it. You know, whether it be the way that school is or the teachers are or the, the rules at certain places or, I mean, I just find that I'm getting constant questions that are actually very challenging for me to give full answers to. (laughs) And I can't think of any examples right now, but I just will like be driving and then all of a sudden from the back seat some you know why do people have to do that that way or and I'm like I don't know what do you think you know and then we'll kind of troubleshoot it (laughs) together but you know sometimes as a parent you want to just be able to answer the questions and give the direct 
reason why something is happening or why something is the way that it is. And that's not always the easiest thing to do, especially with these kids. Yeah. In the car today, yep. our bus stop, we have to drive to it, but it's just like right there. It's a short mm-hmm. drive. And she'll ask the most profound stuff when you're like, seriously, yeah. kid, you just gave me a four-minute car ride. Yep. We get in the car and she goes, you know that Build-A-Bear I cut up yesterday? <laughs> she cut it up because she wanted to make it a, a purse. Yeah. And a little stuffed heart fell out of it. She was like... What's going on with that? That heart that fell out of it. She was feeling pretty bad. I cut up that Build-A-Bear because it had a heart. And she said, um, so what makes people live? Yeah. I was like, well, um, see where you're coming from, talking about the Build-A-Bear heart. Uh, some people say it's the heart that brings life to a mm-hmm. person. And she goes, does anybody ever say the brain or blood? I said, I'm sure they'll probably name all kinds of physical attributes, yep. but, you know, there's quite of other things. She's like, like the soul. I was like, yeah, you know. She's like, but why? I'm like, oh, God. I, I literally it's went like, the blank. bus is here. I got <laughs> I was like, look, I'm pulling up. I'm letting you out. Ha- have a great day, honey. It's Thursday. Yay. And she closed the door, and I was like, wow, I bombed on that one. <laughs> the one previously was... You know, what is religion? Do we have a religion? Yeah. <laughs> Where are their brains, these little sensitive beings? It's like they're it's problem-solving a- other dimensional layers of existence. They're not like, my favorite color is blue. Yeah. yeah no, it's, <laughs> no. It, it can be a lot. And it's not, and like you said, the questions don't always come at what we might perceive as the perfect moment. They come at really challenging moments. Yes. I, I get a lot of questions very late at night. When I'm very, very tired and it's yes. bedtime. Yes, yes. And my brain is mush. I get a lot of questions then. And I get a lot of questions when I need to be somewhere. You when know, you have to leave? When I have to leave, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, my right now my daughter is extremely attached to this kitchen table that we've had ever since she was born and before. And um, at our new house, the kitchen table isn't going to fit. It's a very large, huge wooden kitchen table. So we took it down a while ago and it's been sitting in our sunroom and we have been either thinking about, like we've been contemplating like, this is a beautiful table, maybe we should sell it or maybe we should just donate it or, and before I left today, about 10 minutes before I walked out the door, she started crying about the table and her attachment to the table and I'm thinking, I don't have time right now for this. (laughs) We've had this conversation like a hundred times, like really in the past, because we've been sitting around all the stuff that we're moving. We've had this conversation about the table. And by the end of the conversation, you know, red blotchy face on her part. And I just finally said, you know what, we will go find another family who really, really needs this table and give it to a family who, you know, wouldn't have a kitchen table otherwise and you know we'll give it to a family that will really really love it and that that made everything better knowing that that table was going to be loved as much as she loved it she could then let it go if I would have known this (laughs) I would have done this months ago because I've had that kitchen table sitting in my sunroom for months but that that connection and that attachment to the table and I, I get it. And I, I was saying, you know, I hear you. I see that this is a big, a big thing for you. You know, I will preface this with saying this child doesn't get attached to many things at all. Matter of fact, she is very good at just getting rid of stuff. She doesn't become yeah. overly attached to, to stuff. But this kitchen table had to be loved. 
I'm listening in my head to if this landed on somebody else's lap that was unaware of the sensitivities, Mm -hmm. it would be toughen up. It's just a table. Yes. Shut up. That's stupid. Yeah. You know, it's just a table. Yeah. And then they would say, you're too soft. Why are you worried about that? And it would be all shutting down language. Sure. Just cut it up. Sure. Get it to go away. Well, this is this is a child who does not respond to that kind of language <laughs> under any circumstances. Like I've been trained from the first day of her being around. <laughs> I can't even like re- this is raising my voice. <laughs> That's raising your. You're this yelling? is raising my voice right here. Yeah, <laughs> stop yelling at me. <laughs> so you know, I really this goes back to all of this. Won't agree. Won't listen. Goes against rules. Challenging resistance. All of that is if you literally take just a couple minutes sometimes and go like, I hear what you're saying. You know, it goes back to NBC stuff. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I hear that you love that table. And that that's like, that table is really important to you. I love that table too. Like it's been in every house we've ever moved in, all that, but we don't have, the room is not in this house. And wouldn't the table be sad sitting in our basement? Like, you know, that's, (laughs) so we're going to find a new home. We're going to find a family who, who loves it. I feel like I'm talking about an, an animal. <laughs> I'm humanizing but, the kitchen but table, but it is, but it's important. It's it's what's important to her, and I, ha- you know, I have to understand and value that. Yeah, and I think sensitive lumineers out there, you understand that inanimate objects still have energetic patterning and memory. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of adults. I mean, I'm saying yeah. this with kids, but there's a lot of adults who I've come across in my life who have that kind of attachment to objects. Yes, for sure. So we're saying that some of the remedies of how to handle what we call the stubborn spiritual kid, which the stubborn part, guys, honestly, is a reflection of the care provider or authority figure in the situation, um, is simply sit down, acknowledge Mm -hmm. what they're saying. Absolutely. Connect to it. Have them explain more. Have them give solutions, strategies, and then sit down and make some reasonable request that both of you can follow through with, Mm -hmm. that both of you agree to. And if they're old enough, you know, that young elementary age and up, make a contract, sit down, make a chart, post it up against the wall, take pictures that represent exactly what you're going to be doing and post it so that when it comes up again and the child forgets that you guys have made that agreement, you go, look at the board. Mm -hmm. So then you don't feel like you're back in the conflict zone. Well, I told you, and you never remember, mm-hmm. and you're not listening. Because it's I, right there. Yeah, it's right there. Because <laughs> it's not all about that. These sensitive spiritual kids, they live in the moment more than any other little creature I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. You can problem solve one thing with them and support them, and the next day something similar pops up, but it's completely brand new to them because it's a different moment. But for us, we've been trained to remember these things so that we don't have to relearn them because we feel like that's a measurement of success, that we have something under our belt. So we're not treating new moments as new moments, Mm -hmm. but they're all into it. And you're like, oh my God, this is just like three days ago. And they're like, no, it's not. (laughs) You're like, oh my God, here we go again. (laughs) You're not agreeing with me. You're not listening to me. All this is happening, but no, Mm -hmm. they're in it. It's brand new, brand new situation. (laughs) I have so many of these stories. It's just pretty darn funny. Yes. I mean, parenting is, is, it's so challenging, but at the same time, I learn so much from my kids. Like, 
amazing, amazing lessons and patience and, you know, you have to parent each one of them differently and there's now always going to be just one, I don't know, it's interesting. And then you bring the spirituality into it and it's definitely, whew, it's time you chose to interesting times, yeah. Yeah, it's yep. really time to listen. Um, when my son, we introduced him into public school at age uh, 11, going into sixth grade. And before then, he was in Montessori and a private school for dyslexia. He's very dyslexic, and he has audiosensory issues. Uh, he scrambles them. Mm -hmm. Once he hears something, he'll scramble the order. And we had gotten him through all of that. He's a great learner, super, super bright, super caring, loves people. Mm -hmm. We put him into public school, and he came home the first day and said, why are people mean? Mm -hmm. And I can't be at that school. Yeah. And for a long time, long time was, what, four months? We encouraged him to stay, check it out even more. That might just be your first day experience. Mm -hmm. um, and it still sits so heavy on my heart that I pushed him to stay for four months in an environment that ate him alive mm -hmm. energetically. It did not change for him. When we got closer to the holiday break at the end of the year, I just looked at him and I said, you're not going back to the school. Mm -hmm. We didn't even finish out the week. And I was like, I don't know where you're going, but you're not going back yeah. there. I can't do it. And he couldn't do it. Yeah. It's, it's a surprising moment. It's when a lot. You, yeah. And you look at your child and you say, they know how to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. They know what's going down. And it's not an intelligent right or wrong. It's they really understand how they're feeling on the inside and they're innate reaction to protect themselves is so spot on that I have now stopped giving them direction on how to take care of themselves in a situation mm -hmm. if they need to leave. And by God, I just invested my whole day and packed the car and we've got there and I spent this money on these tickets and whatever. And the kid goes, I can't be here. I got to go. Yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. All right. We're totally we're been there. Packing and up. totally had other parents go, Really? Yeah. Why are you You're doing gonna that do for that? Your kid? <laughs> I'm like, Yeah, because it's gonna be a nightmare to go into the building and go through that and put everyone through that when they're not comfortable. Yeah. yeah, I we had a situation one time where we were all going roller skating and we had planned it a long time. And we got there and Lily didn't want to go in. And it was a long we had driven far away and her friend was with us and her friend's dad, who's also, you know, and I was like, okay, like, we're not going. And Joey, and Joey, my husband was like, okay. And that, he wouldn't have done that years ago, but we were just completely, and the other dad was just like, are you serious? <laughs> oh, wait what? a second. Like, we all just changed our day to do this and da 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 and really got like, you know, really dad up like that. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it, but I was like, no, if they don't want to go in there, I'm not going to make them go in there and we'll, we'll go figure something else out to do. Yeah. It's so like, so right in many ways, yes. energetically when I tap into that, but then, you know, I've got some part of my brain that is like, 
oh, you, you know, yeah. just these sounds. And it's like, oh my God, do they realize how much effort it took to even get here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They do. Yeah. They are not ignorant to it. Yeah. They really, really do. But it's just they are so independent and strong and mm-hmm. powerful to well, speak and they up know and what, go, not they for They know what their bodies can handle, too. It's I amazing. mean, I know um, that Luca and Lily have a little bit of similarities where Lily seems to be not as sensitive as she used to be to noise, but she used to be so intensely sensitive to noise in loud places that, like, literally she would just shut down. She would shut down. And it's not, I haven't noticed it that much anymore. Um, But when she was in school, (laughs) that was like an overload for her. All the kids in the hall and all the kids in the lunchroom. And all, you know, and everybody's, like you said, she had a lot of issues with people being very mean. Not necessarily to her, but to others. And she took that very hard, watching people be mean to each other. That was exactly what Luca said. Why? He's like, I don't get it. He still doesn't get it at 13. It just doesn't register with him. No, she doesn't get it either. So we're doing our best to allow him to pick his communities. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult because he'll say, Mom, I want to have more friends. But when he gets around people, he's like, not that kind of friend. I really think my 13-year-old son would pair up nicely with like an 83-year-old man. Yeah. They would be like best buds. <laughs> you know, that kind of Hey, whatever of whatever works. Intelligence. I'm serious. Like I've never, you know, I've always seen Lily get along with, I mean, she has a handful of friends her age, but a lot of times she likes hanging out with the younger group or the older group or, you know, there's nothing to be said that we have to have friends exactly our own age. Adults don't have friends exactly their own age. Cheers. You know? I mean, I'm so much younger than you. It's so surprising. I, I this can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> no when to spot a lie, Lumineers. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I know we, we tend to gravitate towards adults in our old or our age range. Yeah. But we were taught in that, comparison I think. to kids, like, you know, it's okay if our kids go and hang out with the like Lily would love to play with some four year olds. I mean, you know, but also go hang out with the teenagers too. It's completely, it's all how everyone is acting. Yeah. Really. (laughs) It's It's how their light is on the inside. How the group dynamic is. Exactly. And their light on the inside. You're absolutely right. (laughs) Oh my God. How do we even wrap up a conversation like that? I mean, I feel like this kind of topic could literally be its own podcast. It could go on forever. (laughs) Because it's so... We have so many examples, not only with our own children, but just with children that we know as well. And it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing learning environment to be in. changing the paradigm of how kids are being seen in our culture. Yes. And how parenting is developing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's time to give the kids their their space to prove yes. their intelligence, their knowing. Their and caregivers and teachers and yes. anyone who is interacting with children on a regular basis. Um, this is such essential conversation to be had. And, you know, it's a whole nother conversation. I get it for teachers and caregivers that have groups of children. You know, that's a whole different dynamic, <laughs> how to handle that. But I think that, you know, if we can start, I'm going to bring NBC back into it because it's really important that we start teaching our kids at a very early age of what their feelings and needs 
truly are. And NV- NVC is nonviolent communication. Yes. It's uh, kind of brought to light in our generation by Marshall Rosenberg. Mm-hmm. So you guys can research that. We'll put the links down below. Um, there you have it. No. Okay. <laughs> time's up. No, time's not up. <laughs> it's so hard, but yes. Um, so Lumineers, care providers, parents out there with sensitive spiritual kids, when you feel that they are conflicting the direction that you want to go in, let's take a step back, take a deep breath, acknowledge where they are, Talk to them about how they're connecting to the situation. Let's look at some strategies and some, um, I was going to say results, but that's not what I'm looking for. Start looking for strategies and make some requests Mm -hmm. about what can be done together and create some contracts. But overall, let's start shifting the authority and creating more of a balanced world out there. Thank you so much for listening. Be well, be happy, and remember, it's not woo-woo, it's true-true. Bye, Loomies. Bye.